What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm back at you, Robert Sykes Keto Savage Podcast, and I've got special guest Nick on the line. Nick is the creator and founder of the Keto Brownie, which is gaining in popularity on the social interwebs. They make really good brownies, they taste super delicious, and they are all keto approved. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Robert. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, give uh, give the audience some backstory, man. Like, like tell us uh, tell us a little bit about your about your history here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I'm based out of Boston. Um, I've been using a keto diet for just about uh, six years now. So I started around my freshman or sophomore year of college. I got into just uh, general weightlifting and kind of some uh, bodybuilding back in the college days and. Um, I was trying all kinds of diets, and I stumbled upon the ketogenic diet, and just for me, it worked best uh, results-wise and health-wise, um, especially with, like, digestive issues. I always, I've always had, like, a really sensitive stomach, like, my whole life, and I feel like a ketogenic diet is kind of the perfect solution for, um, you know, really combating that. So, ketogenic diet for me has just been really great over the six years that I've used it. And uh, as you mentioned, about uh, seven or eight months ago, I started developing the keto brownie in my apartment. I started baking uh, recipes pretty much every day for weeks. And now about eight months later, I have a keto brownie um, snack for, for the keto community. That's crazy, man. Like you always hear about, you know, tech companies starting in like dorm rooms and whatnot. Here you are starting full-blown ketogenic kitchen in your apartment. I like that. Yeah, so um, yeah, I started uh, basically because um, just being on a keto diet, I've always had a sugar craving too, and I always like really crave um, sugar and, and types of sweets. So it was really hard for me to find anything that was kind of hitting that sweet spot while on keto. Um, I mean, I love steak, I love eating bacon and all that, but it's just so many of those meals I can't I can't get that that satisfying uh, craving filled. So that's why I kind of started developing the recipe uh, in, in my kitchen. And also like. There's not really hardly any um, mass-produced, readily available like keto bars. There's so many different you know protein bars on the market, and every time I go to the grocery store, I'll look you know, but there's never any bar that's like really fits the ketogenic macros. So having something that's convenient and easy to grab and go, like the keto brownie, I don't know, it's 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 very very beneficial for the busy person. Yeah, exactly. That's that's uh, one thing I noticed uh, for me personally. I was using you know, kind of like Quest bars and just protein bars, uh, trying to get some that were low carb, but there's really none on the market that have uh, high fat content, super low carb content, and then like a moderate protein content. So when I was developing the recipe, I really wanted to hit uh, the proper ketogenic macronutrient profile. Can you uh, like go into detail, if you don't mind, about just uh, what, what is that macro profile on, on your bars, just to kind of give the listeners uh, an idea? Yeah, sure. So uh, 16 grams of fat, uh, total carb content is 20 grams of carbs, and using only dietary fiber of 16 grams uh, gets you a net carb content of 4 grams per bar, mm-hmm. and also uh, 11 grams of protein. Um, so my main focus was actually not using any sugar alcohols. Um, so that that was basically my number one goal for creating the recipe, along with the keto uh, macro profile. Right. And I feel like that's that's actually going over really well because, like I said, for me, like the digestive issues was a big focus and I feel like sugar alcohols really kind of was one of the reasons for those and um, I've got a lot of feedback so far saying that you know these are really 
optimal for, for digestion and that people can eat a few of these uh, every day or every week and not really notice any negative side effects in that regard. Yeah, I agree. I, I used to eat the Quest Bars as well. And I mean, the average Quest Bar is between like 20 and 25 grams of carbs. And a lot of that's, you know, fiber and sugar alcohol. But I mean, they'll have like 10 to 12, 15 grams of sugar alcohol in, in one bar. And it's kind of an individual basis. But, you know, definitely some people have negative side effects from sugar alcohols. And, and yours is sweetened with stevia, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I haven't heard of near as many people having, you know, the, the negative digestive issues as a result of stevia use. Definitely, so, yeah. What uh what fiber uh what digestive fiber are you using in your bar? Uh it's soluble tapioca fiber. Tapioca fiber. I don't know very much about the tapioca fiber. Do you uh are there any kind of like pointers on that? Um, you know, when I was working with the recipe, um that's just kind of what I found. Just uh, kind of when I was developing it and using, I basically, and the way I developed my recipe is I, I searched, I researched online for, you know, like I probably went through 20 or 30 pages of Google recipes and just kind of pulled um, the most consistent ingredients across the board from mm-hmm. all of those recipes. And uh, when I developed it, I just, you know, was kind of testing and sampling until I found one that I thought tasted the best. And then I actually uh, went, to, went with a co-packer and they helped um, kind of modify the recipe to take it to like a shelf sustainable life mm-hmm. so so it's if you're kind of just messing around in your kitchen you can probably create something that'll last you know up to a week maybe if refrigerated but without um without those additives to, to really get like a shelf life it, your product won't last for um you know a few months and keto brownies actually a six month shelf life so and they probably could last longer than six months that's just what what they mandate right yeah that's like technically the expiration date is six months but yeah but they're pretty tasty. I don't think it'll last six months in anybody's so time. <laughs> be eating it before that. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes, indeed. And and what do uh, you think you'll come out with any additional flavors in the future? Kind of what's what's the plan moving forward? Uh yeah. So actually, um, just the feedback I've been getting so far is definitely vegan. A lot of people looking for vegan options and also nut free. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was actually developing the recipe, I just personally love almonds, and um, so my first flavor is chocolate almond crunch. Mm-hmm. And then I, re- I realized kind of after the fact was I was like, maybe I should have started with a more uh, plain, just kind of like chocolate brownie flavor. Um, so that's definitely like probably the number one fe- feedback I've been getting so far is to is to look into a, a nut free uh, flavor. So I think if I if I move into another flavor, I'm actually gonna go with something um, something that's definitely nut free to kind of appeal to that uh, audience. It'd probably widen your audience for sure, because I mean, a lot of people have the nut allergies and whatnot, so that would kind of uh, appeal to those those individuals for sure. There's been a big push for like um, uh, like the the microgreens and like the uh, you know plant allergy and just a you know your healthy micronutrients from like vegetable sources. Do you think you'd ever get into you know incorporating some of those into a, a brownie of, of sorts? Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly open to all kind of ideas i just like i said i'm um, just trying to get like as much feedback as i can right now for seeing so, you know, this has only been on the market for uh, not even two months yet but um i've just been getting a lot of great feedback and uh i'm just going to keep continuing to get that and then just kind of steer it steer uh steer my decisions based on based on that absolutely man now, I'm, I'm excited for you you uh you messaged me right before you launched uh doing like taste tests and stuff and i thought it was really good um What's some of the other feedback you've been getting apart from what you've already said about the flavor? 
Yeah, so um, you were one of the lucky taste testers to kind of have the first uh, first taste of, of the original samples. Mm-hmm. Uh, I reached out to like several, probably like about a half a dozen people uh, like yourself just to get some some uh, external feedback on the on the uh, snack. I mean, I was having friends and family taste it, but I really wanted some um, you know hardcore ketoers to to taste it. And um, so I went through a few iterations of the sample, as you as you probably know, some with uh, with no stevia, some with uh, like a heavier dose of stevia, some with 50% dose of stevia, and uh, just playing around with uh, some ingredients. Like I originally had chia seeds in there, but I actually ended up taking those out. And um, so yeah, it was just a lot of testing and learning through the initial sample stage. But you guys all gave me great feedback on what you liked and what you didn't like. Um, it, it was a lot of 50. There was some like 50-50. Like some people really liked it like a lot more, a lot sweeter. Mm-hmm. And then a lot, and then some people are like, oh, I really like like the blander version. It's not like too too much. So I kind of went with the middle ground to try and appeal to the um, widest range of the audience there. And um, what uh, have you had like people that aren't on the ketogenic diet try it? Like, do they have feedback? Because I know, you know, your your palate changes when you when you adopt the ketogenic lifestyle. So what might be tasty for you know an ad you know, an avid ketoer might not be the same case for someone that just follows the standard American diet. Have you had like people of all, all walks of life trying it? Yeah, actually. And I've actually been surprised with the amount of people who aren't on a keto diet that really enjoy it. Um, so I knew if, if that's the case, then people on keto would love it. Yeah. And, for sure. um, but it's definitely true. The palate change, like for me personally, I've experienced that so many times where you just start like tasting different, like things just taste differently. And, um, especially with this, like for me, it, it just satisfies that, that sweet and sugar craving. But like, I still, I, I'll give it to some people and they'll be like, oh, you know, it's all right, but it's not really like sweet enough for me. But like you said, if, if they're, you know, they can eat whatever they want, full sugar products. And it's, it's hard to compete with like a full sugar bar for, for like sweetness and uh, sugar craving. But yeah, but I don't know, man, like, I think it's awesome that, you know, we have that available and we can know and eat it confidently knowing that it's not going to kick us out of ketosis or anything. Because, I mean, there's so many things out there that it's like you're kind of skating the edge. Um, whereas with this, it's like I think I actually ate one and then tested blood glucose uh, shortly after, and I didn't have any any negative impact whatsoever. Yeah, that's good to hear. And I've actually had um, a good amount of people saying that as well, that they've been, they've been testing it before and after and haven't noticed any changes, which is really great. Yeah, for sure. And you can like mix it up. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some of like Carrie Brown's ice cream and like chop up your keto brownie and put it on top, and you can get kind of creative with it. Yeah, definitely. It can def- I've had a lot of people reaching out to me for uh, samples to try and make some recipes with it. So should be seeing some of those coming out soon as well. For sure, for sure. So I'd love to to kind of get more involved with the uh, or get more in depth on the business aspect of it. You know, I don't. There's not really any you know, right or wrong way to take this, this, uh, podcast here. So let's just talk about some of the business and, and, uh, get into the weeds of, you know, the keto community and food product business. Um, cause there's like, there's starting to become a pretty, pretty big, you know, movement to have like the exogenous ketones and all the different, you know, keto cookie, um, keto brownie. There's just a lot more food products, you know, coming out there for the ketogenic community. What, uh, what were some of the you know, trials and tribulations you faced trying to, you know, get into that market? Yeah, definitely. So um, it's definitely true. Like, I, I see a lot of keto products starting to come out now. When I started keto, when I first uh, tried the ketogenic diet, like, six years ago, 
there was pretty much nothing out there for for keto snacks. I mean, I think like low carb wraps and like uh, pork rinds are probably the, the closest yeah. you got. You got to like some some snacks or some some reprieve. But um, yeah, it's uh it's been interesting. A lot of research and development. I was pretty much um, from the time I started gathering recipe ideas until I was kind of ready to launch the uh, keto brownie business it took me about seven or eight months and of that like six months was pretty much just research and development as far as like uh, putting together the formula and then all the compliance with fda regulations all the compliance with nutrition labels uh, proper packaging and stuff you can only have certain phrases printed on the packaging per fda guidelines um, and then as well as all of the disclosing of the uh, nut allergy information and whatnot so um, it's definitely like, like a really strict uh, kind of business to get into uh, the nutrition and food space, uh, just with all the FDA guidelines and whatnot. But uh, I definitely have I've learned a ton over like the last eight months in developing a uh, ketogenic snack. And like you said, there's it's definitely uh, just kind of a growing community of, uh, of snacks as well as the diet just seems to be taking off as well. I've had uh, just like random people start talking about keto and like I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I, sometimes when I talk to them and I tell them, like, what I'm kind of developing, I feel like they're going to be like, oh, what's keto? But then the surprising amount of like, oh, I've actually just heard about that. I was thinking about trying that and this and that. So you can definitely see it kind of growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been amazed, honestly, man. Like, there's, there's been such a, a movement towards keto, but it's like people aren't hearing about it from, you know, their medical professionals. They're all hearing about it, you know, from like online forums or social media. Or it's kind of like it's kind of like a grassroots movement, honestly, with the, the whole keto community, and it's it's pretty cool. I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, I agree. It seems like uh, a lot of the information is just kind of accessed through the internet and just kind of the keto community, or for Facebook groups or stuff like that through through Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, since, since you've been on the diet, kind of on and off for like six years, I mean that's that's twice as long as I've been on the diet. So what? Uh, what are some things you've learned, pointers like along the way that you can, you know, share the knowledge of? Yeah, so I think the big one is always keto flu for me. Um, usually, if I've kind of fallen off the wagon for like a month or two and I get back on the keto train, I think uh, cut it, cutting my carbs, like usually I'll, I'll cut it overnight and that's usually not the best decision. So I'll go from eating, you know, a lot of carbohydrates, maybe two, three, four hundred grams to pretty much starting keto the next day so i'll be at like zero to ten grams to kind of get me into ketosis um so i would kind of advise against that that's probably not i I feel like it's probably better to taper off when you're going into a keto diet maybe start dropping your carbs by whatever it is 50 to x grams per day and then just kind of slowly uh slowly get into the diet so for me that's probably like the biggest thing that I've kind of learned the hard way is the keto flu. Um, Do you have the the keto flu like every time you you get off and then back on? Um, the last couple of times, I feel like it's been a pretty smooth transition. But you know, before that, it was it was pretty rough for like the first. It usually lasts about a week for me, but mm-hmm. after that, it's usually okay. But um, about a week on the keto flu, and for me, it's mostly just like fatigue. Or like kind of just like stomach issues and just like mental fog and. Um, Are you uh you know, taking in all your electrolytes and whatnot, pink salt? Yeah, that's what I was gonna mention as the second one is electrolyte imbalance. Um, so definitely, I use a lot of like light salts mm-hmm. when I'm cooking and uh, 
sometimes if I need to, I'll get I'll grab like a Powerade Zero just for some added electrolyte boost because those are sugar free. What um what makes you compelled to to get off the keto diet when you do? I'm always curious to hear people's stories to because like do you feel bad um like physically immediately after eating a bunch of carbs like does it hit you hard yeah it really does um even now like when i'm going pretty strict on keto i'll do i'll do a carb up maybe every two to three weeks um usually it's just a day so i'll have like two or three carb meals nothing crazy but even that i'll, I'll feel really crappy like that night and then usually the next day too mm-hmm. and um I'll definitely notice like the, the the water weight gain too. So I'll put on like five five plus pounds of water weight just from that one carb up day. So then it takes it takes me like a few days to shed that water to get back to like kind of that starting uh, weight point before and, the carb up. And are you doing the uh, the carb ups um, simply because you come across a tasty looking food, or is it like from a performance standpoint, or what's your reasoning behind that? Uh, honestly, I'd say a mix of both. It's kind of like. Every sometimes I'll just get put in like a social situation where it's like, just you know, I'm like, all right, like okay, I'll take a carb meal today, or and then um, yeah. and then sometimes it's performance too. Like, um, I've been playing a, a ton of soccer lately, so you know, I'm, I'm probably running like seven to eight miles every time I do that, coupled with uh, some weightlifting at the gym. So usually after about two strict weeks of keto. Sometimes I'll feel a little sluggish or flat, so um, I'll introduce like a carb up day where I'll do. Sometimes it's like a Saturday and Sunday, or sometimes it's just one day of like uh, three to five hundred carbohydrates, mm-hmm. and then um, usually I'll see how I feel that that next day, and then usually usually that'll get me for like another two to three weeks before I'm considering another carb up day, but. Um, historically that's just kind of how i've used it is um like a one to two day carb up every two to three weeks or just when i feel like my body needs it what is your go-to carb meal like what what do you crave the most um if i'm being like semi-healthy i'd say like just pancakes Mm -hmm. but um like i said i just got a huge sweet tooth so (laughs) It's uh, any kind of like desserts or anything, um, pasta too. I, I come from like an Italian family, so uh, yeah. I'm usually going home on Sundays to see my family and uh, I have to put up a fight with my mom, but why, why I can't eat pasta every Sunday, so. That's crazy, man. I don't even know what would happen to me if I, if I ate a bunch of carbs, because I haven't had like an actual carb meal in about three years now. I'd probably go into like a coma. Three years without one? Yeah. Wow, that's. Yeah, like and I've what, had. So what would happen? What would happen? Do you, would you know, or you really haven't tested it? I haven't. I haven't tested. Like I haven't really felt the desire to eat a bunch of carbs. I think there's from a performance standpoint, if you kind of like, you know, I'm I'm not really a fan of the cyclical. I think you have to just kind of go in and and stay, you know, strict keto. But I don't think you really tap into the benefits of the keto diet until after you know two, three four months of being, you know, strict keto. So, like, during that first month, I could definitely see your reasoning in behind, you know, introducing a carb meal every two or three weeks just to kind of, you know, get that fullness feeling back and get a little bit more mm-hmm. energy. Because um, the first few months of me to be on the keto diet were kind of, you know, slow, and I was a little sluggish as well. But uh, now it's like I can't even imagine life with, you know, big bolses of carbs. So I don't really feel the cravings whatsoever, I mean, whatsoever, mm-hmm. really. But uh, if I was to have a huge carb meal now, I'd probably, I'd probably be 
in a state of shock for like the entire weekend, I probably wouldn't be functional. Right, right. Yeah, it's know. like a shock. It's like a shock to the system for sure. I, de- I mean, I definitely notice it when I even when I do it like every three or so weeks. Um, I could definitely feel the impacts of just having a couple meals of carbs, and then it makes me think like, wow, like how did I used to eat like the, three times as many carbs every day like mm-hmm. for just months? Um, it is crazy. Like, I mean, a lot of people will will you know cheat on the diet um, because they'll be craving a certain food that they just can't have that's keto. I'm really excited though because there's there's been a lot of you know this kind of is like what we talked about earlier. A lot of companies coming out with you know keto substitutes that I mean honestly are just as good if not better than some of the you know carb versions. Um, I mean like ice cream. There's there's getting to become you know several different keto approved ice creams and like the pancakes. Like I can make a keto pancake that I think tastes better than the regular pancake. And like the keto pizza, you have you've had the fathead pizza, right? No, I actually haven't. I've been meaning to try that. Oh my gosh, man. You have one of those and you'll never even want to have a regular pizza again. <laughs> I mean, the entire crust is made out of the cheese. Like, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so I don't yeah, know. Yes, there's definitely um, a lot of new snack products coming out for sure. Like you said, I mean, there's cookies, uh, keto brownie bars, there's um, all different kinds of like beef jerky too. The pizzas are a big one. I've seen a couple of those. Like you said, like Halo Top's blowing up right now. Yeah, see, Halo Top, like, I, I play it pretty strict, though. Like, Halo Top's got a few more carbs than I I like to be, you know, like, a few more than I want to play around with. Um, yeah, it's, I think it was, like, a quarter of a cup, which is, like, one-fourth of one of those pints was, like, eight net carbs. So you definitely got to watch out on those. It's really only, like, a few tablespoons for seven or eight carbs. Yeah, and, like, the way the way I am is when I, when I binge on something, I binge hardcore. Like, you know those... Um, a uh, huge like pork rind oots brand like utz oh i get those yeah the barrel ones yeah, yeah. i, I ate yeah. the entire thing the other day <laughs> <laughs> I, I have like three of those in my cabinets at all times oh man they're so good but the like barrel, yeah. like if i have something like that and i start eating it because it's not my typical meal so i'll start eating it and then there's just like no stopping until it's done you know right which is uh probably not a healthy <laughs> outlook but that's that's why i just try and not have it in the first place because i know it's it's lights out once i start right right yeah those are those are pretty amazing i mean no carbs and uh that's like the closest you're going to get to it like a chip substitute yeah i agree the uh the have you ever had the epic brand um pork rinds no i think the i think the only ones i've ever had were were the the uts or oots however it's pronounced i just feel like those are like the biggest they're like really fluffy and big and they just they taste pretty damn close to chips, so yeah, those yeah. are those are usually the ones I roll with. And for the price, it's it's awesome. You like the big barrel. Oh yeah, for, it's it's uh, hard to beat. Cheap. It's hard to beat. I definitely recommend the Epic. They're they're not near as much quantity, but um, they have like a salt and pepper uh, pork one that's really good, and they have like a barbecue one that's really good. Then they have like pork cracklings, um, which I think has a little tiny amount of sugar, but not much, like not even enough to really concern me. And um, I don't know the flavor on those is really good. It's just all basic ingredients, like nothing, nothing artificial. So, pretty tasty stuff. Yeah, I'll check those out. Um, what else you want to talk about, man? We just we're only we're only twenty three minutes in. We got We got to think of something else entertaining. Uh, have you experimented with any uh, exogenous ketones lately? I've actually just uh, picked up my first bottle of that. So I've been taking one scoop every day for the last couple of days, and I've been. I've been actually and testing uh, my ketones with the ketone strips. Just what, want to get your take on those. What uh, what what kind did you get? 
Uh, I believe it's Zoo Nutrition, Z-H-O-U. Z-H-O-U? Yeah, I was just on Amazon and kind of looked for whatever one was was, uh, highest rated. I have not even heard of that one. Zoo Nutrition. And it's just an exogenous ketone? Like, is it a beta-hydroxybutyrate salt, or what is it? Yeah. And does it taste pretty good? Yeah, it tastes pretty good. It's like a mango citrus flavor. It's got like a little bit of an, an aftertaste kick, but... And not said, the worst thing I've tasted. You said you've been testing uh, with the urine strips or without? Yeah, with the urine strips. And have you noticed an increase in ketones with those? Yeah, so the, I've tested it like twice now, before and after. Oh, well, before and then like about two hours after. And it's a pretty noticeable change. It, it bumps me up like a few notches on the strip. So from like light to like uh, large amounts, actually, within a few hours. No, they, they definitely they definitely do... Um, saturate you with the uh you know the exogenous ketones for sure and like i, I would take one with a blood test and I, I would notice you know an increase of one sometimes two millimolar with the exogenous ketones i don't really know what my take is on those to be completely honest with you though um i've had several companies give me some samples and i know they're really hot right now mm-hmm. but i honestly don't feel and maybe it's just the ones i've taken thus far um since I'm since I've been keto adapted for like three years straight, like my body's become really efficient at just running and producing ketones naturally um, through dietary means alone. Like I don't necessarily think I would benefit that much from the exogenous ketones. However, if if you're you know doing cyclical or if you're just starting to get adapted, I definitely see a benefit to you know introducing the exogenous ketones. It kind of minimizes the whole keto flu symptoms. But uh, for me. They, they, I don't, it honestly kind of messes up with my GI tract a little bit, um, and I don't, I don't know why, but I'm not necessarily sold on using masses amount of uh, exogenous ketones. Yeah, yeah. I just, um, I, I'm just a big fan of like testing things myself, so I love just like kind of being my own guinea pig. So that's why, that's why I checked that out, and I've been testing it with the urine strips. But yeah, I agree. I haven't felt like a huge noticeable effect, and I was actually gonna plan on taking my third day straight after this just uh i'm playing some soccer tonight so i want to see if it gave me uh, like a bigger energy boost but um the last two days i haven't re- i didn't really notice any noticeable effects like within the few hours of taking it i mean the urine strips definitely showed uh, an increase but but uh, you were in as- ketosis prior to taking anyways right yeah so i think i think like you said you probably hit the nail on the head it's probably best used for those trying to get into ketosis off the bat or if you're doing cyclical and you have a carb update and you kind of want to use that to jumpstart um jumpstart back getting back into keto yeah yeah i agree i was listening to a podcast with uh dom diagostino and he was saying you know how it could be um beneficial for you know children with epilepsy or like some kind of outside factor where they could take that exogenous ketone and then it would minimize those effects so i see you know validity in that for sure um i don't know i just i don't necessarily feel any difference between like if i'm you know one millimolar, uh, I don't really feel any different if I'm at four millimolar, like any, anywhere in that window, like I feel about the same. I mean, so I don't, I don't necessarily think I benefit, uh, noticeably with the exogenous ketones. I mean, if, if my diet's on point, if I have something that kind of, you know, drops me down a little bit, then I would benefit, you know, from a, a little exogenous ketone. But generally speaking, I don't think it does, uh, wonders for me per se. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, how often are you testing? Are you using the urine strips? Or are you? I know you, you like uh, relying on the blood tests more, right? 
Yeah, I, I don't honestly even show up on the urine strips anymore. Um, the longer you're in ketosis, the more efficient your body becomes and the less acetoacetate it'll excrete into the urine. Um, so yeah, I, I just show clear on the, on the urine strips, so I don't even test with those anymore. The blood strips, honestly, have started to decrease for me as well because I've been adapted for so long. It started to scare me at first. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting kicked out of ketosis here. What's, what's the matter with me? I'm the keto savage. And <laughs> I started asking around some, some other doctors and stuff, and they were like, no, no, as long as you, if you've been, you know, adapted for, for years. And I think, I think for me, I started noticing at about, you know, two years of, you know, strict keto diet. Um, and since then, but my blood ketones have even gone down some, um, which doesn't mean I'm not fat adapted. Like I'm still fully, you know, keto adapted. It's just that my body's become more and more efficient at using and burning ketones that it excretes less and less. Um, so I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't actually don't show up on large quantities on the strips either. Usually I'm towards the, uh, either the trace or like the smaller, uh, testing levels so I, i've never actually seen it go like large i've never even got that reading well so, of, all, um, of all the three methods you know blood urine and uh you know breath the urine strips are they're, they're good if you're just starting the diet because you, your body's going to be excreting a lot of that acetoacetate right off the bat but even if you're like even if you've been on the diet for a month you're you're going to start excreting less of that acetoacetate i think the blood stays pretty constant for like the first two years, like I was saying, then I started to notice the, the waning of that after the two-year mark. I have not used the breath test yet. I've, I've kind of played around with the idea of getting one of the ketonics or ketonics uh, meters just simply because um, that'd be a, an interesting way to track it over time. And I think it's correlated pretty pretty well with the blood test. So, I mean, honestly, it'd, it'd be cheaper over time to use the breathalyzer as opposed to buying those you know blood strips. Keto Savage Insights. Heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, I heard it here first. <laughs> no, I, I, I've stood on the shoulders of giants, man. I'm just learning from then, learning <laughs> as I go. Learning as I go. Um, so, so tell me, man, what, uh, what can people do? Uh, what would you recommend they do if um, they wanted to start kind of getting into the kitchen themselves from a ketogenic perspective since since you're the master chef with the keto brownie i'd love to get your take on you know what are some what are some things people need to make sure they have at hand uh or should incorporate into their cooking um regimen if they're wanting to stay strict with keto uh yeah so for me personally um I try and keep it like as healthy and organic as possible so definitely a lot of uh natural like oils and butters um, I'm big on almonds, hence the chocolate almond crunch flavor. So that's like a that was a one, another one of my snacks prior to the keto brownie. Pretty much handful of almonds. Um, they do have a h- higher carb content, so gotta watch out with that. But real quick on that subject, man, I'm gonna put in a bid to have you make keto brownies with macadamia nuts. I'd be macadamia. all about that. Go look into that. I'll write that one down. Yeah, I'm a big fan of macadamia nuts. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, aside from, like, the ingredients I've used in the keto brownie, like, me personally, uh, like, my keto kind of meals are, I eat relatively the, the same things almost every day. Um, so, so breakfast is kind of, like, the eggs, uh, some pork sausage, and then definitely a ton of bacon, big bacon guy. And um, I'll, I'll utilize uh, a lot of, like, heavy fat dressings on salads with just kind of a side protein 
salmon or chicken. What um, do, what are you using for the the dressings? Like what brands? Uh sometimes I mean sometimes I'll just go like olive oil. Mm-hmm. But um I'll just I mean any brand kind of does a trick just make sure that some of them sneak some sugars in there so definitely check the nutrition labels on that but most brands I've seen especially like Caesars and like Premier Caesars mm-hmm. uh per serving it's only about a gram of carbs so usually those are best bet Have you tried the um uh Primal Kitchen brand uh dressings and sauces? No, I've heard about them though. Yeah, one one of my clients is a big big fan of that because they are all um I I want to say they're all uh made with like olive oils and avocado oils whereas a lot of the dressings they have a high fat content but it's all made with um like a soybean oil or canola oil which is the polyunsaturated fats which I kind of want to minimize, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to start ordering some of those because I haven't seen those in stores so I don't think they're, you know, commonly available yet. Yeah, probably just through their uh, online channels. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh yeah, then that, and then uh, usually for dinner, it's uh, I'll try and get uh, like a fattier steak, and then just uh, get get a good amount of uh, vegetables in there too. And usually, and I'm up to about at least one keto brownie a day now. <laughs> one keto brownie a day. Well, you'd one be hypocritical if you weren't having one of those a day, right? I agree. Very good. Very good. What the. Uh, what are you trying to have your macros at, like your ratios? What have you found you perform best at? Um, I think optimal for me is around 70% fat mm-hmm. and like 20, 25% protein and then 5% carb. That's usually kind of, for me, the best. Have you uh, tried anything that fits the keto macros but found that your body does not respond well to? Like I've been kind of playing with the idea of uh, minimizing my dairy content. Um how how do you respond to dairy? Like, has that been an issue for you at all? Um, I'm not too too sure. I haven't really tried going like no like without dairy uh, mm-hmm. for extended period to really get like a good uh, good take on that. But um, just in like my day to day, I don't really see too much dairy in in my food. So I'm a big fan of heavy cream in my coffee, and I love cheese. So that's probably my my downfall there. Yeah, I mean, for, for cheese, I'll like I'll have some cheese sticks for like a quick snack if I need it, but usually not. Um, I'm not too heavy on cheese on the meals, and then I drink all my coffee black, so I oh, skip really? the cream. Yeah, you're just hardcore like that, huh? Yeah, man, Keto Savage Junior. <laughs> hey, man, I've got like sugar-free vanilla in mine, so I'm not very <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I used to. I mean, I used to drink it um, with like actual sugar and cream, and then I just went cold turkey one day and. You just get you get used to the taste. It's it's a little bold at first, but how do you make your coffee? Do you use like a, a French press or do you use like a drip press? Um, I just use like a regular old school like drip pot, but and then sometimes I'll go to like Starbucks for for ease, just kind of the black uh, cold brew. Yeah, good good amount of caffeine in there. Man, I, I highly recommend. Have you ever had French press? No, I haven't actually. Oh, it's it's delicious and it's so like. To me, I can't really go back to drip press since I always use a French press now. Like the the flavor is so much more bold and robust. Like you really taste the coffee with the French press because I mean the the grounds are just sitting there steeping, um, mm-hmm. and then you really I don't know it's it's much more flavorful I think than than the drip press and much more caffeine I think as well. Yeah, probably similar to like a espresso, right? Trip and espresso means. I don't think it's quite as caffeinated as the espresso um, because you're basically just steaming all that. I mean, I don't know. Crystal 
my girlfriend's a barista. I have to ask her. But uh, she um, she thinks I think she said that the the espresso is the most caffeinated, and white coffee is the most caffeinated because it's roasted the least. But uh, as far as the flavor is concerned, it's hard it's hard to beat a French press for sure. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the espresso too. Sometimes I'll just do a, a quick espresso shot, gets the job done. Yep, yep. I probably drink way too much coffee. Like I've built up my caffeine tolerance beyond healthy levels. <laughs> so, so tell me, man, what? Um, we're just, we're just kind of most talk about food here since we both love food. Besides the keto brownie, what are some of your your keto desserts? Like, what do you have when you're craving that that sweet thing, but you're wanting to keep it keto? Um, let's see. So before the keto brownie, I was let's see, what was it doing? Honestly, man, there was there hasn't really been much. Um, like low carb, low carb chocolate, like really dark uh, cacao type chocolate. But those don't those have kind of just like a bitter taste by themselves, so you don't really want to eat that solo. But are you getting like seventy percent, eighty percent? Yeah, usually like eighty five plus. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I used to hate dark chocolate, man. Like I could not even eat it. It was milk chocolate all the way for me. And then when I went keto and like I said our palate changes, I've been just getting the hundred percent, you know, cacao baking chocolate, and I, I think that. I mean, there's like hardly any carbs in that, and that to me totally satisfies my sweet tooth, and and you know it doesn't get any more keto than that as far as chocolate's concerned. Yeah, I mean, if if you're eating a, a chocolate keto snack, that's probably one of the main ingredients. Mm-hmm. It's just um, yeah, really low carb content, almost none, and then it, it kind of gives you that chocolate taste, especially when it's uh when it's like used in cooking and melted versus just kind of raw. Right, right. I like it. Um, so what were you saying? What were your desserts? I mean, honestly, like, um, I just wasn't finding anything that was satisfying it. I mean, I know, I know it kind of sounds like a sales pitch for the keto brownie, but that's kind of why I started the whole thing. I mean, every day on keto and just for me personally, I wanted to satisfy that, that craving. And um, I feel like now this, this does the job every day when I get that craving, I have a keto brownie. Mm-hmm. I like it. I've actually got a keto brownie sitting in my pantry right now. I'm tempted to go grab it and eat it. There's only a few left. Yeah, they go quick, man. They do, they do. So what, um, we're kind of all over the place here, but that's totally cool. What What are you going to do differently or continue to do from a marketing standpoint? Like what's been the best, uh, best tool that you've used thus far to really promote the brownie to the keto community? Yeah, so I feel like uh, Instagram has probably been my best channel thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Instagram is pretty big for both keto and food so kind of the best of both worlds there uh, so i've been using instagram pretty much since i started uh keto brownie that and um, along with instagram influencers who kind of um especially keto influencers like yourself who you know hardcore into the diet and willing to try samples and they really like the product so just kind of that snowball effect has been great for marketing um, I'm also trying to build up my email list and uh, trying to provide just general ketogenic tips and kind of some behind-the-scenes stories about uh, making a keto snack and bringing it to the community. Yes, indeed. You you got uh, you got on the the keto crate, right? You got in their box. Yeah, I was featured in the July keto crate, so just last month. And you just reached out to them and and just offered, right? Yeah, I just um. 
found their found their Instagram page and went to their website and uh, there was kind of just a contact form if you have a, a snack product that you want to get featured and uh, just both both the uh, founders are really good guys and uh, were great to work with so we were able to get that done in July it was it was kind of nice because that was actually my first keto crate that I've ever got and it was the one with the keto brownie in it so that's awesome man it's really cool like the uh you know, going back to the whole keto community, like everybody is genuinely wants the best for everybody else. Like they're not trying to withhold information or be selfish. Like everybody just wants to see the best thing happen. So it's easy to reach out and like DM an influencer or, you know, get in contact with somebody that, that is doing something and making, you know, mover and shaker in the industry and, and actually getting, get a hold of them and, uh, you know, bounce ideas back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I definitely noticed that um, when I was first starting out, I was kind of like nervous at first to like start reaching out to these people and be like, hey, why why would they care? Like, what are, they're probably going to say no, and it was actually the complete opposite, mm-hmm. uh, which which is really nice. And I've actually noticed that going forward now that I'm kind of starting to build up a little bit of momentum here. I have a lot of people reaching out to me now, and I'm definitely kind of passing that back as far as like um, people are just sharing their weight loss weight loss success stories with me while using keto. And just looking forward to trying the product, so I'll, I'll send them some samples. And um, a lot of people are just kind of actually reaching out to me for collaborations now, which is which is really nice. Yeah, absolutely, man. That that's it's exciting. It's exciting to see you know people genuinely caring about one another and uh, bringing new ideas to the market. You know, definitely. I'm all about it. Um, well, Nick, we're on about 41 minutes now. It's typical podcast length for me. Um, before we go, though, I would love for you to tell everybody how they can get a hold of some keto brownies themselves. For sure. So you go right to my website, ketobrownie.com. It's one word. And I'm also available on Amazon now. So you can just search keto brownie and I should be on that uh, front page. And uh, all of my my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages are also keto brownie. And if you have any direct questions, you can reach me directly at nick at ketobrownie.com. And I'll put all those links in the uh, show notes here. So definitely just, um, I think I've got all your links, but anything else you want me to include, just send that to me via email or something and I'll throw them in the show notes. Awesome. Definitely will. Awesome, Nick. Well, pleasure as always. I have, uh, I definitely will be in touch in the future because I will probably be looking to you for advice when it comes to launching my keto brick. And uh, you're the man that knows all. So I'd rather learn from you than anybody else. I don't know about knowing it all, but I'll definitely uh, be glad to give you some pointers. <laughs> Sounds good, man. All right, Nick. Well, I appreciate it, man. And I'm going to go eat that, that uh, keto brownie right now. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Take care, buddy.